0: Sportages. Sport, get smarter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sportages Cast, where we bring you insights into the sporting world straight from athletes, sports biz, sports professionals, and more. As you know, the Sportages Cast is now available on video and audio. So rather than having to listen to a different podcast and a different video cast, you can just head on over, listen to it on your favorite uh, streaming podcast channel, or watch it on YouTube. Our guest today is Sean Kelly, who is 25 years old from Birmingham in the UK and is working as the women and girls development officer and national teams coach at Cricket Argentina. She also holds a first-class degree from the University of Oxford in Spanish and linguistics, and is currently about to finish her master's degree in sports management from the Johann Kraft Institute. Welcome, Sean.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, look, I'm I'm really excited to get the conversation rolling. So let's just get into it. First and foremost, I know this is probably a cliche sort of question that you get, but um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners and viewers would want to know cricket and Argentina. uh, Those aren't two words that you that come together or you hear too often. Tell me all about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those situations where where you have English expats and Indians, there will be cricket. <laughs> you know, uh, cricket was brought to Argentina um, years and years ago in the, in the 1800s by English migrants who came out to work on the railways, um, and they actually set up their own clubs. Yeah, uh, they set up their own clubs. They actually weren't very nice towards Argentines when they did set up those clubs, and they kept it as very sort of elite. English sports clubs they didn't like to mix uh, but then they actually they found that they needed more members as English people had to go back to England especially for things like the wars and that's when Argentines of the elite as well also started to get involved um, so as I said you know cricket you you find it in every corner of the world where English expats go and and where global expats um, go but Argentina has or what it has as an advantage compared to other countries in South America, South America, for example, is those bases, those clubs that were set up already by, um, by those English expats years and years and years ago. So we're very lucky to actually have, you know, six or so clubs that have the infrastructure and and nets and a history of, of cricket. Um, So yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a crazy story and one wouldn't think that those two would go together. I certainly didn't when I first found out about it, but, you yeah, know, it's, it's alive and kicking over
0: here. No, that's, that's really, really interesting. And I do want to ask you a little bit about how you obviously got there. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, you know, you talk about these, these existing clubs which had the infrastructure. So what has that system perhaps enabled as you, as you sort of touched on, they didn't necessarily have those in, I don't know, Bolivia per se, um, mm-hmm. but they, they were existing in Argentina. So how was that beneficial?
1: I think mainly it allows for competition, and competition is really where it, it's near the heart of of developing a sport in a country. You need to be able to to have clubs playing against each other, or you need to have certain bases at least playing against each other. Um, so this allows for that club infrastructure um, to give you a base to grow, definitely.
0: Yeah, and of course, coming to you, Sean. You know, on the one hand, you've got degree in Spanish, linguistics. Uh, You're now doing a sports management degree. So there's a whole bunch of things to sort of break down there. How did you end up in Argentina? Obviously having that background in Spanish and linguistics, that would have been very beneficial for you and probably one of the reasons why you decided to sort of head on over there. But tell me a little bit about, you know, that background and then how you sort of ended up being there with Cricket Argentina.
1: Yeah so I've actually always played cricket really since about eight years old nine years old and I've played county level from 10 years old so you know I'd always been a a keen cricketer and I've carried it right through to university I played at university as well and then because I was studying Spanish I had to do a year abroad in my third year at uni um, to essentially make sure that you you know how to speak Spanish after after graduating. Um, So no I was just looking for opportunities and things to do and you know scrolling down the, the job offers page looking at inter- unpaid internships and teaching English in Spain and, and nothing was really catching my eye and then I saw overseas coach Cricket Argentina and at that point the Association of Cricket Argentina what they would do each year was hire four or five English coaches or um, well, to yeah. be fair coaches from other places in the world as well Uh but to come over for you know a couple of months go into the schools and basically be the the on-the-ground staff to deliver, you know, softball cricket in in clubs. And I I saw that opportunity and thought, you know, just like what everybody else thinks when they first hear, wait, what, there's cricket in Argentina? And then looked into it more and it turned out that they were looking for someone to coach their women's side as well. Um, So I went over as an an initial overseas coach for six months and also to work on the, the women's national team too. Uh, so that was my first introduction.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's it almost sounds like you know it was destiny and a sort of a match made in heaven, that sort of thing. So that that is that is yeah. awesome because yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd never really yeah, I'd never been out of Europe before, so I thought this is an amazing opportunity for me to to travel and and get stuck into a country that I've never really even thought about. You know, Argentina wasn't on my on my radar to be honest at all. I didn't know much about the country, the people. You know, I spoke Spanish, but it was from Spanish from Spain, which is very different to Spanish over here. Um, So, yeah, I was definitely throwing myself in the deep end, I think, looking back. But it was a great experience.
0: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem at all like uh, you (laughs) made the wrong decision. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so just before I head on to my next question to everyone watching or listening, be sure to go and follow Shan on her social media. Uh, it'll be in the description or the caption below wherever you are watching or listening. So be sure to do that and check out Cricket Argentina as well. I've personally been following them on Instagram for a while myself. And, you know, it's really, really cool. Uh, coming back to the the chat, Shan, you know, it's obviously we're in a COVID world and we were talking about this before we went, on, went live and went online. Um, you were telling me that, you know, you're going into lockdown soon. Uh, what's the situation been like for cricket Argentina and particularly the women's game during during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, so just to put in a, a bit of context for the listeners, the or the viewers, our season over here normally is October to March. That's the main playing season. And then normally we would have some sort of international competition like ICC qualifiers or pathway events or a south american championship in around september october time so that means our winter months kind of april may june july august we there's still some sort of cricket because we're preparing for those um for those tournaments so we went into lockdown last year at the end of march which meant that our off season essentially had no cricket at all um so that was actually you know quite a trying time for the for us as you know employees of the, the cricket association to try to think about like many sports organizations, what we can do to keep people engaged and, you know, keep working on developing cricket. So we actually organized some coaching courses, which we did while well, coaching, uh, umpiring and scoring courses, which we delivered during lockdown, which went really, really well. We had, I think over 200 participants from Argentina and all over South America. We opened it up in the end to, to other countries from South America I created the courses and delivered them in Spanish as well which was really good because you know people could access something that they might not necessarily yeah. have access to before. And so no that went really well and then fortunately you know we did have to delay the start of our season <clears throat> a little bit but we managed to get quite a lot of our season in from November time onwards. Um in terms of how the season went you know there were there wasn't as much um as many schools that could participate as as you know, they would normally do because of, you know, the closures with the pandemic. Um, but fortunately in the clubs, you know, we still had a pretty good season. We managed to get, you know, men's leagues in, women's leagues in, kids leagues. We have the traditional Argentine North versus South, which has been going on for many, many, many years. I managed to get a women's and an under-17 girls uh, season in there. So games in there. <clears throat> um what else can i tell you um, so so no it was you know slightly more reduced than what we'd have, we'd have liked yeah. but considering you know the big picture we managed to get uh, a whole lot of development in and i think taking you know every cloud as a silver lining some yeah. of the positives that came out of this was that argentines were <clears throat> local this time this time around because normally in the summer they tend to travel so that yeah. meant you know, we actually had a a bigger base than normal, a bigger pool mm-hmm. of people that to come and play, and also with the restrictions, we we had to get people to sign up for sessions. They had to tell you when they were going to come, and that meant that people came when they said that they were, were going to come. You yeah. know, we had originally when we started off in some of the clubs, we only had six places for some of the girls. So you had a you know fifteen to twenty girls fighting <laughs> for these six places. <laughs> You know, created this demand, and mm-hmm. people knew that, you know there had to be on their, wow. when the, when the went out, uh, and they had to put their girls on the list straight away. And I think that actually, that's never been done before in Argentina because things tend to be very laid back. You show up if you want to; if you don't, you don't. Yeah. Um, so just putting that structure in, I think actually, you know, was really really positive. And um, you know, I think it's something that I should, should probably continue the next time. I've. So that's yeah. very. Long but i tried to give it a comprehensive overview <laughs> no
0: that's look that's really really interesting and one of the things that i found uh, particularly interesting about what you were saying was um school participation and i guess that sort of makes me wonder and ask you uh grassroots <laughs> activities uh in terms of cricket are there obviously with covid it makes things tougher but are there have you had plans at the association? What are the sort of things that you have are perhaps obviously have postponed to work on in the future or have already worked on pre-COVID to attract uh, younger people from that grassroots level to the game?
1: Yeah, so in terms of grassroots, as I mentioned before, we've got the kind of the, the two areas. We've got the schools and the clubs and those sometimes yeah. cross over. Um, the school season, sometimes they tend to do it in the winter. It depends on every school when they want to slot cricket in. But there normally is sufficient crossover to be able to play games against each other. Um, so this year, essentially, schools have had to manage by themselves um, because, yeah. you know, a lot of schools won't allow... Um, I don't want to say foreign, external, (laughs) external people to come into the school to deliver cricket. So you know they've had to work out themselves how they can still deliver through Zoom or how they can deliver following protocols um, in the schools. So fortunately, you know, cricket has still been able to happen in some schools. What perhaps hasn't happened as much is you know the big festivals that we like to organise, where you know we have you know eight teams come together and and all play against each other. Uh, You know that kind of thing. but, you know, they're still trickling through on, on, the, on the development side. So we haven't lost it all in one year.
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's good to hear. And obviously, you know, sport is, uh, and cricket, of course, is one of those escapes, essentially, from what everyone's going through at the moment. Um, when, when you talk about schools, Sean, so one of the things that we obviously recognize in the cricket world is that it's really, really elite and Mm -hmm. because of that at least here in Australia one of the things that I know barring perhaps the subcontinent where cricket's played everywhere uh when you look at the UK here in Australia it's a lot more common for me to meet somebody who plays cricket even if that's at a grade level uh here in Australia who has gone to a private school or you know or otherwise it's yeah let's have a beer and play a bit of backyard cricket in the garden yeah. that's that's the culture here in australia so in terms of the schools that you talk about who what sort of schools are those that are involved and um have there been any challenges around that like i'm coming from this preconceived notion that you know it would predominantly be these elite schools that are playing the game
1: yeah so the schools that the association works with yeah you're right they they are the more elite schools they're the private uh, bilingual schools you know often that is the, the attraction of cricket you know it's yeah. they, they say that they're an English school so it's great to be able to offer this traditional English sport that yeah. is the the attraction so yeah unfortunately it is elite in that sense um there is a program over here called Cricket Sin Fronteras which is cricket without boundaries and they mm-hmm. are not it's not in a, a program that the association runs but we you know yeah. We work with each other um, and they they essentially go into the um, less well-off neighborhoods and go to the, the state schools and they run fantastic programs with the kids there. So that's actually something that I really love about art, cricket in Argentina is you've got these kids from totally different social economic backgrounds and totally different realities coming together on a weekend at Valgrana Athletic Club, which is one of the most elite clubs over here and all playing together and having fun playing cricket um so I guess what you're missing really is that middle ground you know we've got the two ends of the spectrum and and you want to get it out to to the masses um and that's where things like government programs will come in Mm -hmm. you know the the general sports clubs which are all things you know that are quite hard to implement something new or try to get somebody new on board in a pandemic you know that trying to focus on themselves and not on not add anything else to their current system so but that's the that's definitely the the plan for the future to get more involved with the government and and sport delivery in the the city
0: yeah look absolutely and one of the interesting things about that sean is that i've spoken we've we've done a few features with a couple of athletes uh in south america who play cricket and Mm -hmm. um one of them of course was veronica vasquez who you uh introduced us to and that was an awesome feature that we did with her um I think in both instances when we asked what could help cricket really sort of you know put get its foot hold within the country they Mm -hmm. talked about the olympics and government funding
1: um
0: of course crickets return to the commonwealth games uh which I believe will be in your uh hometown if I'm not mistaken Yeah, yeah yeah so what are your thoughts on that sort of Thing. I know different people have different opinions, but I thought I might as well throw it out there. Olympics, uh, what are your thoughts, cricket in the Olympics?
1: Yeah, I guess it's, it's a bit of a cultural thing because you try to explain how important and how, you know, big cricket is to people over here. And they, they really do struggle to understand you. You have to say it's like football. In any other country, like that's how big cricket is globally. You know, I, I say to them, I use yeah. this over and over again cricket is the second uh, most yeah. popular sport in the world after football. And they look at me and they go, What really? So it's, <laughs> I think, something like cricket being in the Olympics and being able to represent your sport in the Olympics gives it that bigger reputation. You know, you have things like rhythmic gymnastics or, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, martial arts or something that, that is an Olympic sport, and so people really struggle to to comprehend well if those are in the olympics why is this big sport that you say is really big and popular why is that not in the olympics so that's that's one kind of aspect is just giving it that reputation um mm-hmm. and and helping people to understand how it how important it is globally and the second thing is is essentially funding you know a lot of countries yeah. will give funding to um to sports organizations that have the specific goals of getting to the Olympics, you know, I think um, Cricket Brazil have talked quite a lot about this. You know, they're very vocal on on that's their goal; they want to get there. And I think their their government does have a very good um, scheme for for teams that are going into the Olympics. You know, that would that would be an absolute game changer for them because there's only so much external funding you can receive from the ICC. So, so to be able to get support from your own country is, yeah. you know, is absolutely crucial. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I have a lot of views on this, but I think uh, my views don't really matter for this conversation. But um, uh, yeah, like I think for associate nation cricket, uh, the Olympics are huge and I don't necessarily feel personally that it's the same case for uh, sort of the elite, elite nations within the yeah, game.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: so where's the incentive, right? Who's going to push that? Um, I know yeah. that the guys over at Emerging Cricket are doing a great, great job in terms of uh, promoting the game uh, particularly the associate nation game so i hope that discussion and sort of drive continues but look i did really yeah. want to get into the crux of it sean and ask you you know we were talking about veronica vasquez yeah. earlier tell me a little bit about uh the women's team a little bit about the players because from what i understand and as is the case in a lot of associate nations you would be very, very fortunate to be a professional and do this full time. And yeah. that's not always the case. So, in Veronica's instance, and for everyone watching or listening, be sure to head over to our website and check out the feature that we did with her because she's a medical doctor and also the captain of the team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. over to you, Sean.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely go and check out that article. You know, she's had a fa- fantastic playing career she's a wonderful captain even better person you know she's been almost like a mentor for me which is a strange role because I'm her coach and she's my player but you know we've learned a lot from each other I think you know she's looked after me here I was quite young when I first came out still am I guess um but yeah she's kind of the mum of the group uh but no overall the girls are a fantastic group of people extremely dedicated like you say well with a lot of women's sports they're not professionals they're not even semi-professionals um, a lot of them are young players, you know, they're they're fitting all of this in a, alongside university degrees or part-time jobs. Um, and especially, you know, in a country like Argentina where you don't have a cricket net two minutes from your house um, or you don't have your pitch 20 minutes from you, you know, it does take a lot of dedication and a lot of passion to to continue to play. And I think if I had to sum up the team in one word, I would say passionate. I mean, I don't think I've ever yeah. seen... A team more passionate on the pitch than those girls, um, and it's really, really, really inspiring. Definitely.
0: And and what is it like, you know? Because I would still fi- like I've had South American friends who came to who came to Australia. I'm like, guys, I'll show you what cricket is. So let's watch a game. Uh, yeah. Completely baffled, confused, right? No <laughs> clue. So to me, it's it's still often strange to think that people in Argentina would uh, not. just leaving playing aside, even watch the game. So yes. do, do some of the players actually, you know, sit down, watch the WBBL, for example, uh, the IPL, which was uh, unfortunately shut down. But those sort of things, is that something uh, that you guys get up to?
1: Definitely. I mean, when whenever they're available to watch, everyone yeah. over here is watching them. That's what I mean about the passion. You know, you've got people who stay up till three, four in the morning, Um, to watch IPL games you know the the women's world cup was amazing Um, the men's world cup last year I remember we were actually training on the day with England and New Zealand at that final and I was getting the you know the notifications coming in and we actually cancelled training halfway through and went to watch it all together so we've got to go and stop this you know the girls actually came to my house for the um, we had a game the next day but for the women's world cup final and um, we were up till four in the morning watching the final in my living room before going off to play at 7am the next day, you know, things like uh, that. They're, yeah. They, yeah, they just soak it up. And I think it's amazing to show, especially newcomers to the game, what cricket looks like on the global stage. And it's so good now to have women's cricket available. You know, it, it's an absolute game changer. You know, I had a, a new girl this year who's amazing. She's, she's a hockey player, um, and very, very sporty in general, and has really taken to cricket. And I distinctly remember one time we were watching a match. Um, we did some analysis together on Zoom. You know, I often use some of the content. And she saw a reverse sweep, and she said, wow, I love that shot. I'm going to go practice it next week. And she was in the nets practicing I <laughs> reverse sweep. And I was just started this year, and then the next day, she you know, she did a scoop at 100 miles an hour on the machine. And that was like... <laughs> so, you know, it's... That kind of passion, that kind of enthusiasm, um, which is really really fulfilling to to see as a coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and it's good to hear because obviously I was pretty lucky in that I got to see two of the games here at the Manuka Oval in Canberra during wow. the Women's World Cup, and you know it was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Couldn't go to Melbourne unfortunately, but we were yeah. just really happy here that. Um, we got through the tournament before everything sort of kicked in, and no it's 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 great to hear, but Sean, that also makes me wonder then, at the same time, you know, like you just mentioned, the players are doing so many things and still committing to playing the game from your context as as a coach, uh, it can't be easy. I mean, you know, like managing the players at the same time being sure that they're doing the best that they can, also having fun, uh, working on technique, things like that. But it's it's like in the case where, you know, over here, you can potentially make a living off playing first-class mm-hmm. cricket. So that's not even at the international level. Uh, and it's similar in a lot of the elite nations. So people will dedicate all their time to it, but that's obviously yeah. not the case there. So what are some of the challenges uh, within for you as a coach, when it yeah. comes to dealing with this situation,
1: well, look. So I think you've met, you've mentioned quite a few there. Um, yeah. It's it's finding that balance between being a strict and and kind of how do I <laughs> best put this in words? You know, having high expectations from your players is really important as a coach, but it's also trying to to manage those and not be too strict and try to be fun at the same time because like you say, they're doing so many different things and they come to cricket for their release, for their bit of fun. You want to make it fun. You want to make it so that they want to come back. And sometimes certain players might not get on well with just doing drives over and over again for an hour. Uh, Some players, you know, like to be pushed harder. Other players like to come and have a chill time with their friends and chat most of the session. So that's really, that is one difficulty, you know, trying to manage what your expectations are as a coach for Me players. Um, another one is, you know, the different levels of players. You know, you've got someone who, two girls over here, for example, who went and played in the Trinidad and Torego Big Bash a couple of years ago with, yep. you know, amazing players. And at the same time, in the same session, you could have somebody who's a complete beginner, which actually happened um, last night. <laughs> you know, had a new player come and, and you have to work on trying to keep the session fun and engaging for the new player who doesn't know anything about cricket and um you know trying to really push and develop the skill side of somebody who who has been playing for years so that is um really difficult as well and then yeah, quite a business.
0: unique situation yeah sorry good yeah, to continue yeah
1: and then, and then the other one is actually getting people to come to games um because you know they take a long time and the pitches are Uh, far away you know there's only there's one pitch in the city centre and just like most city centres you have to have the pitches in the outskirts Um, and because of the you know we do have quite a few teams now but there's still not enough to make small regional local leagues Um, so you know people do have to travel two hours an hour and a half you know get up early on a Sunday morning and get back late and lose your whole day to come and play cricket but like I said passion of the girls uh, means that they just want more and more and more and more. We actually finished the league this year, and we did it quite quickly. And I had everybody saying, "Can we do another one? Is there time to do another one before the season ends?" And we managed to put on another league, and they all played another round. And that was that was really amazing to see that kind of organic desire to 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 play more matches. That was really that was really great.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's the it really. You can really, I can really tell that with that sort of thing, watching the games at 3am, uh, wanting to get another, another game, another series or another league in, uh, that's, that's absolutely amazing to hear. And look, lastly, Sean, before we, uh, sort of end things, I just wanted to ask what are the sort of key targets for, uh, the women's game there? um, or, you know, what's just next in general? Let's say, you know, six months to a year down the line, uh, everyone's had a vaccine, everyone's doing well, life is sort of going back to a normal in some semblance. Um, what are sort of the key focuses for you, yeah. yourself personally, and also for Cricket Argentina and the women's game?
1: Yeah, so, so during lockdown last year, I actually made a three-year strategy plan. Um, which was based on four pillars. One was, uh, you know, participation at grassroots, the other one was high performance, the other one was sustainability, and the other one was kind of like the commercial um, side of things improving social media and, and sponsorship and that sort of stuff. Um, so in generally based on those four pillars, the idea is to, to make the growth that we've made happen um, sustainable, you know, to consolidate the base that we have um, make sure that you know the people are in the right places to make sure that you know once we've started cricket in one club, it doesn't die two years if one person leaves. Um, so from that point of view, over the next six to twelve months, we want to be getting the same coaches involved, training more coaches, bringing more female coaches in. Um, you know, supplying as much uh, cricket as we can in the same clubs that we have in the same schools that we already have, as well as targeting. A couple of new clubs at the same time you've got to be careful with growth that you don't spread yourself too thin and and under deliver so it's next the next sort of phase i guess would be consolidating what we have and also trying to build on it in these small different pockets as well Um, so yeah that's the that's the plan
0: yeah look well i i really wish you guys all the best there and um you know i hope everything gets better. The cricket continues, continues to grow. Um, you know, I, I watch a lot of Argentinian football, even watch the league sometimes. So it's pretty, pretty good to see that crickets also sort of, you know, there is, there is a presence there. And I think that from my understanding, the presence in Argentina, I haven't come across anything like that in any other South American country. So it's, it's really, really good to hear. Um, for everyone watching and listening, once again, be sure to check out, uh, go and follow Sean on social media. The links are below. Check out Cricket Argentina as well. Um, Sean, thank you once again. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, and really wish you wish you guys all all the best, and you know, stay safe, and uh, hope everything goes well.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having me, and, and for giving us the the platform to talk about what we're doing over here, obviously visibility is so important for us Um, so it's it's really cool what you're doing and, and yeah thank you for having me